What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. He never let a cigar that way. You use a wooden match. Preserves the flavor, you see? Broadcasting live at the world-famous Casa de Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge in Boynton Beach, Florida. Kiss My Ash Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With Honest Abe. Kyrgyzstan is not part of the food court. Eateries that operate within the designated square downstairs qualify as food court. Anything outside of said designated square is considered an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacks. Adam K., the brewmeister. There's all the money, all the women. Even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. And the lovely Lady M. When are men going to learn that women want romance, not Mr. Toad Wild Ride? Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. Ahoy, hoy. And the lovely Lady M. Good morning. Sundress today, huh? Yeah. October well, festing. We have to go run around outside, so it's going to be hot. So, yes. Beautiful little sundress, which Gwen just informed me is completely see-through. Nice. Stand up. Let's take a look. She said... What's I the point of see-through? You're just lifting your thing. Well, you've got to see the, through the fabric, you know? higher here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, we hope everybody's in store for a good show and up for a great weekend. A lot of cool stuff. Uh, today, Rob Weiss, we have an interview with uh, creator, writer, director, Rob Weiss, and uh, we did the interview actually recorded yesterday, and what an interesting interview so it was. So interesting. Yes. I mean, we, we pretty much, when we do interviews, request that we only have one person on the phone at, at a time. To and keep things simple so you can hear people. Well, in. it'll become completely evident as to why we like to have one person on the phone at a time. Correct. Because... Um, Rob surprised us with a couple surprise guests. Uh, good friends of his, uh, Louis Lombardi, actor, was on Entourage and Sopranos, and film producer uh, Jeff Santo. So it was three people on the phone. I, I really thought, I felt like I was in the Entourage I house. felt like I was like in, yes. Yeah, it, to like, I mean, it was their own Entourage group. Yeah, it sounded like they were living Entourage, yes, and we just totally, got like a sneak 100%. Peek. It was hilarious. So it should be a very interesting interview it later on. Put your seatbelt on and uh, enjoy the ride. It, uh, it's Buckle pretty up. cool. Yeah. Um, also, um, uh, we got Glenn Loop from the CRA today. Glenn oh, Loop Glenn's called. Glenn's going to call in, give us an update, see what's going on, see what the FDA is up to what more BS the government's working on, and Thomas Corley, a CPA author of Rich Kids, How to Raise Our Children to Be Happy and Successful. Well, no one gave my parents that book, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, um, anything, anything else going on this weekend? What are you guys going on? I know we're going, you guys are checking out Oktoberfest. I'm bailing on you guys. You are? Yeah, I got a bunch of nanny interviews and didn't get ready and... 
That's good. I know. You just want to get me drunk Listen, and take advantage of it's me. It's not even that. I know what it's about. <laughs> I, got, I got your modus operandi. You Listen, I go with Adam. It's just weird now. But, He's going to try to, like, pound me with, like, IPAs and stuff. They, I don't even know if they serve IPAs at Oktoberfest. Well, we don't know. See, but that's how the proper beer to serve at Oktoberfest is a Marzahn. So, but there might be more German-style lagers or classic German pilsners. That's what happens when you open the door, Emily. You see what happened? I know. This is insane. Any other interesting plans this weekend? Um, no, not really. I think it's going to be a low-key weekend. Just really? relax. Also, how you, is it horrible to have to go to a beer event with me? <laughs> it's not. I, I, but I just don't plan on I'm going to be honest with you, Adam. There's very little events I would ever want to go to with you to. But a beer event oh, would be Oh, obviously, one. after the comment from this past week of where, oh, yeah, I can't stand him. He's horrible. He's the worst person I've ever met in my life. I've never said you, that in those you words. You basically... No, generalized. No, I, I think you've added and dramatized a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I may have said I want to stab you in the neck no, on no, a regular no. basis. That's that. Yes. Okay. But, but I never said week. you're a horrible person. That was more insinuated this week. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I, may, I may have said you have the personality of wallpaper. That's. But I still said. never said you're a horrible person. <laughs> what an awful no, thing I think, to say. I think it was can't stand to be around me. So no, no. That is accept. so mean. I didn't say that. I would love to go have a beer with you, Adam. I did not say that. Even though I really want to I get out I don't know. I'll call beach. Steve and Pompano, and I'm sure he'll be able to clarify what you were actually saying. At the yeah, time. I'm sure, because you just dramatized it a little bit too much. I'm just saying that's basically the gist of what was going on. Anyways, here at Kiss Mash Radio, we are givers. We like to give away stuff every week. And uh, if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kiss Mash Radio, we post a social media word every Friday. And if you hear that word and you're your 10th caller, you're going to win a special five-pack of cigars. And Adam K., what are the five-pack of cigars you're getting today? Uh, today, we're going to give you a five-pack of the new Tatuaje Tattoo Toros. Oh, it's a very great nice. new regular production line from Pete Johnson uh, that he's just come out with uh, this year. The Robustos originally came out with in the spring, but now the full line's been out. And it's a great everyday cigar. You should definitely give it a shot if you haven't tried it that yet. That comes in three sizes, right? It does. Well, it actually comes in four. Four. You can get it in a Toro Gordo or the standard 660, which is everyone's new favorite popular. Classic 550 Robusto, a 6x52 Toro, and a Torpedo. Adam K. with the skinny. Mm-hmm. And also Zycar, great sponsors and supporters of Kiss Mash Radio. Products guaranteed for life, lighters and cutters, you can't go wrong. Lady M, what are the fine folks at Zycar giving away today? This week, when you're the 10th caller after hearing this sound, you are going to take home a Zycar Vitara lighter. This is also a little punch. It has a little punch on the end. It's a cute little double flame lighter. Also, we are going to throw in an X8 black cutter. So you got a black lighter, black cutter, little Zycar set, over $100 in Zycar prizes. Cool. Very neat stuff. And Abe tried to hide my paper, by the way, and my prizes, too. Our producer actually had it ready that for you. That was... So you didn't have to go running no, for it. No, I printed this out. I had this on my desk. He said it was on your desk. Yeah. I, which usually I, it's I, where it's at when you go running. No. I Normally, it. I don't print it out. Normally, oh. I just have the prizes. I went above and beyond. Hi, hi. No. Can no. you even run in that dress? Can I run? In the dress? Uh, sure, she can. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I just think it'd be fun to watch. She's got open leg room. She's sprint. Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I would it's think flowing so. enough. It's not restricting. Fantasy Fumari, season three, round one is over. We got the winners of some smashing results this week. We'll get, we're not doing it now, but we'll get into Fantasy Fumari later on in the show. I heard Colin queuing up the background music. I just thought I'd save him the embarrassment. 
Um, also, uh, cool little bar trick. We're gonna do. We're gonna experiment with our producer John. For all you folks at home, you want to try something pretty funny, pretty cool. Show all your friends. John, stand up. Watch this now. I want you to take your right foot. Everybody at home can do this now. Everybody listening right now, you can do this right here. Okay. Your right foot. Take your right foot. Okay. Put your toe on the ground and make circles. Clockwise. Clockwise. Just draw clockwise circles. Keep doing it with your right foot. Now take your right finger and draw the number six repeatedly. Don't stop the circles. <laughs> This is madness. <laughs> All of your circles. You know you can't do it. <laughs> you know you can't, you can't do, do it. it. Your body won't let... No, that you could do. Because it's two different hands. Yeah. But your body way. won't let your right and right arm and right leg do that at the same time. If you go counterclockwise with your finger, your leg will start moving counterclockwise. Or a lot of people will start drawing a backward six and don't even realize it. Yes. But you look stupid <laughs> when you walked in, so... Not Everybody <laughs> listening, stand up and try it. And if you think that you have accomplished it, you're lying. Yeah, right now right now we got thousands of people at home sitting there with their fingers and their toes swirling around. But yeah, I've been I've been having fun with that all weekend, testing people. Eh, interesting stuff. Anyways. Um also what's ahead? What's going on in cigar news this week? Anything? Uh anything new, interesting? Cigar Something news. happened this week. Um I want all of you to get out Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I, was, the, I love Colin. <laughs> Are you messing him? Let's ask hey, Honest Abe. A, oh, Cigar news. No. We're not. Not yet. So I have an, a new addition to my family. Oh, yeah. Dude, tell us. I got a puppy. Chocolate Lab. Chocolate Lab. His name is Kingston. Is that like for Jamaica, Kingston? It has or? nothing to do with the... Uh, oh, no. It was just a question. I, I know, but everyone's asked me that. Honestly, well, it's a natural... Well, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it was a it's natural. The, if thought. I named him, named him Texas, does that mean he's named after the state? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Pretty much. Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's a given. But just because Kingston, I mean, that's yeah. a common name. If I named him Blue, would it be after the color? No. It'd be yeah. after the character in. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not named after Jamaica, but. Well, where's it's the name okay. Kingston? It's come just from? a name that I've I just, I've heard children people call their kids. Somebody named their kid Kingston. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I that, like kid, that, that kid's going to need therapy. Is that, is that right up there with men named Dawn? You, there was a guy, there was like a name, Heidi, oh. Heidi the other day or something. Abe said it was a, a, a unisex name. It was something so ridiculous. I wish I could remember It was so the ridiculous name. that you can't remember it. No, because it was, it was so, so off the wall. It was so absurd oh. that so, it, it just left her memory so, so fast. So anyways, can I get back to my puppy? Yes. Tell us about Kingston from Jamaica. I don't even want to. You're never going to meet my dog. You're oh, just no. Make fun of it. Oh, no. I'm never going to meet Emily's dog. You know, like, you can't just, like, be excited oh, for me God. for anything. It's like. How will I go on? John, the show's over. Care. I'm done. I can't meet Emily's dog. I can't do this today. I'm sorry. Bye, everybody. He can't even be happy for me for, like, two seconds. It's like. Kingston, that's a that's a crappy name. I'm, why did why did you get a why did you get a brown lab? Why did you get a a yellow lab? Yellow labs are so much cooler than meltdown. brown labs. Colin, do we have a meltdown audio? We I'm just saying, like meltdown cue. Like Listen, attention, associates. Attention, Lady M is about to cry, and there's a sale on eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I never said it was a stupid name for a dog. It's a stupid name for a kid. Yep. Well, name good kid thing I'm not Kingston. naming my kid Kingston. Okay. Well, you can't after you name the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. That would totally traumatize the kid. Listen, Kingston, come here. Woof, woof. Here, Mom. Which one? 
You exactly. You can't I would, do I would it. never name you both ruined of my... it. Wait, <laughs> that's I, I never. You... First off, I never said Kingston. I want to clarify this. <laughs> I never said Kingston was a stupid name for the dog. I said it was a stupid name. For the kid. Did I ever say I was going to name my kid Kingston? No, no, no. But you said I, I said it was I've a heard. stupid name. I never said it was a stupid name for the dog. Stupid name for the kid. I'm just saying that's a natural reference that people are going to think that Kingston was named. For Kingston, Jamaica, because right. it's the automatic number one thing people go to. I don't know any other Kingston thing or exactly. other Kingston. It's the so, natural yeah. path your mind takes. What? The last name is doable. The last name is doable. Kingston is the last name. Is Man, I haven't heard yeah. that guy for a while. What did he sing? Uh, beautiful girls. Um, he also. What? Somebody called nine one one. Oh yeah, that, that on the Oh, dance that's a little floor. chubby kid. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, I know that guy. I've seen the video. Was it? Yeah, because he's from sure. Kingston, Jamaica. <laughs> no! <laughs> this, this, this opening segment just came full circle. All right, what do we got up in the next segment? Uh, we do have what's in the box. We're going to give you fantasy Fumari updates, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Follow us on Twitter at KissMyAshRadio. Yes, it's mandatory. In the Dominican Republic, few names draw on a history or heritage as rich as Guillermo Leon. Guillermo Leon is a brand with roots running back to the founding of the La Aurora brand in 1903 by Eduardo Leon Jimenez. For over 100 years, the La Aurora company has grown the tobacco used in all of their fine cigars and owned the factories producing every stick. This complete vertical control of production and quality has resulted in the outstanding Guillermo Leon Signature Series cigars, awarded a 93 rating by Cigar Aficionado magazine. Experience a little bit of rich Dominican history. Enjoy a Guillermo Leon signature today. Hey, I need to hit the bank before we get on the road. Is it your bank across town? No, no, it's right here. Uh, that's a tobacconist. Yeah, I need to pick up some annuities and currency. Did you knock your head really hard recently? I'm picking up The Banker by H. Upman. Annuity and currency are two sizes. You know I don't understand all that financial mumbo-jumbo. And The Banker is a new cigar made with rich tobaccos inspired by the original H. Upman that was created in 1844 by the Upman brothers, who were bankers by trade. It was given as unique present for their most important clients, and the prize cigar was stored in a vault under lock and key. The only thing my banker has ever given me was a calendar with pictures of his dog dressed as pinup models. It sounds like you need a new banker. Only if you're talking about the cigar. Purchase the banker by H. Upman at your local tobacconist today and look for ways you can crack the code to the vault of the banker by H. Upman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. The lovely lady M here. I want to invite you to join me and the girls of Smoke In's Monte Cristo Lounge inside the prestigious PGA National Resort. Four. Enjoy your favorite cigar while relaxed in a comfortable lounge setting of plush leather chairs and flat screen TVs. Open daily and late night, Smoke In's Monte Cristo Lounge has a full walk-in humidor, full liquor service, and complimentary valet services provided. For more information on Smoke In's Monte Cristo Lounge at the PGA National Resort, visit www.smokein.com. Smoke In, continuing the cigar journey like no other. This is George Rico and Pimpin' Ain't Easy listening to Kiss My Ass Radio. 
makes it easier. Everyone rates cigars, but very few cigars can say that they have been the number one cigar in the free world. The Aging Room Quattro F55 Concerto is one such cigar. Ranked as the number two cigar in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of 2013, the Aging Room Concerto features Dominican fillers and binders and is wrapped in an exquisite 10-year-old Sumatran wrapper. This medium-bodied, full-flavored cigar is full of creamy sweetness time and time again. Aging Room Cigar, small batches, limited production, unlimited enjoyment. Hey, cigar enthusiasts. Did you know your personal freedom to enjoy a fine cigar is affected by some form of smoking ban in all 50 states? Additionally, taxation on premium cigars is at its highest level in history, with some states taxing at an astronomical rate of 75%. Finally, there's a solution. CRA, Cigar Rights of America, is the first and only nonprofit public advocacy association fighting for your freedom to enjoy a fine cigar. Don't just sit there. Become part of the solution. Become a CRA member today. Membership is only $35 a year. That's less than $3 a month. And as a special bonus, CRA will send you two limited edition cigars as a way to say thank you for joining. Visit CigarRights.org for more information and to become a member. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available, continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Milanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob magazine. Milanio and the other great Oliva cigars can be found at all smoke-in locations, so always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Along with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister. You know, we didn't take a moment to talk about that fantastic intro from today, featuring one of my favorite films ever. I just want to go back if we can. And the lovely lady, Adam. Uh, Obviously, we know who cares. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. Mall rats. Yes. I just want to say, Colin, I greatly love mall rats. One of my favorite Kevin Smith movies of all times. I don't think Colin accept those intros. However. Really? Oh, of all the quotes in that film, you have to give me the Stan Lee one. Come on! <laughs> I wanted it so much better. Yeah, I wanted to do the one on the elevator, but I like the uh, part with uh, I forgot his, his name, but the same voice, so I used that for Abe yeah. instead of you. Yeah, Jason Lee's voice. Thank See, you. I would have just been happy had you simply given me "I love the smell of commerce in the morning." Oh, it. it didn't come in well. I, had to, I did have that, but it was just overly modulated. That's too bad. Overly modulated. Mm-hmm. I have that problem every morning. I'm overly modulated. Hi-yo. Are you done with your movie yeah. tribute? I just wanted to talk about oh, okay. that because, listen, Mallrats, great film. If you've never seen it, go watch it again. It's fantastic. I'll go watch it for the first time. What? Oh, dude, that list is so long. Let's not it's even not even there. funny. It's not worth going there. <laughs> Abe once gave me a list of movies I must see, and I have got to one of them. 
I gave her a list of like 12 movies that you just have to see. If you're American, you live in this country, you have to see, and she hasn't seen one of them yet. You haven't even seen The Godfather yet? No. Yeah, there's a good. Uh, I got to admit, I haven't either. <laughs> Thanks, Colin! Colin. <laughs> you the bomb. You, you haven't seen here. one episode of The Godfather here. ever? Here. Really? True. Or are you just trying to make Lady M feel good? No, I'm actually right there with her. Wow, new board guy. The Godfather is he the one that's like the dogs are like the this? I got enough. You can't refuse. This is like the two worst impersonations <laughs> ever. Brando is doing <laughs> circles in his own grave. You gotta do this. this. He does this. He likes yeah. to talk like this. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so let's see what's in the box. Let's find out what is in the box this week. What? I'm going to open it. Look at it. Oh, what's in the box? Let's ask Honest Abe. Cigar News. Davidoff, the fine folks of Davidoff, always working hard. Davidoff Vintage. Yes, folks, Davidoff is poised to release a cigar made entirely from tobacco from 2002. The first vintage smoke from the company and the most expensive cigar to ever bear the Davidoff name. Really? I mean, wasn't one of the Solomons one year a $50 cigar? Um, yeah, they actually so this they is gonna still be, have this those. Is going to be over a $50 cigar? Theoretically, I'm thinking they're best. Or are they not going to count the Solomon because it wasn't it regular was, pr- released? Well, is this going to be regular production? I, I asked Tom Reiner. I sent him a text. He couldn't tell me. Oh, I see, asked, the, uh, I, I'm guessing from everything they're saying, it's probably going to be in the $75 range. Wow. First, I mean, I know the Pedro Millenniums are 100 Dollars. But yeah, but those, those, those are rare. Those, first off, and I'll be the first to say this, so I'm sure the Davidoff people will love me for it. Oh, those were actually made in 2000. They yeah. were, they were in public hands in 2000. Right. When a company tells me, "Yeah, we made these cigars from tobacco. We've been sitting on it." Man, I've seen that line so many times. Lou Rothman once had a great phrase. Okay, because you know you got to remember. Ten years ago, in 2000, you know the booms. The boom was in 1997. Okay, so like in around 2000, 2002, everybody's going, "Oh, I'm using 10-year-old tobacco, 50," which put them right in the boom. Everybody in the country ran out of tobacco in the boom. Where was this tobacco lying around that you didn't use? He said the only people who's got 12-year-old tobacco is crap tobacco that nobody used. That's why it's still lying around. So, but this is Davidoff. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not your run-of-the-mill company. So, I'm sure it is probably quality. You know. Tobacco has been sitting around from 2002. Safety disclaimer. Um, so anyways, the smoke's origin dates back 12 years when Davidov's Eladio Diaz set aside some leaves he felt were extraordinary, which is also known as extraordinary. Yes. The tobacco was from the 2002 harvest and from a t- particular area of the Dominican Republic where Davidoff makes all of its cigars. Diaz put them away from aging waiting for when the time is right. And ladies and gentlemen, that time is now. It sounds like almost a commercial, isn't it? I know, it really does. Yeah. Especially with the new, if you were doing it in the English accent like the guy on the commercial does, it'd really be hitting it off. Now those leaves are being rolled into Davidoff Oro Blanco, which is Spanish. For what? White. White what? Oro? Uh, Not Orzo, that's what you have for lunch. I know, Oro. Is that? Cold. White gold. Gold? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. I, I was going to say round. You like the Orzo reference? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I <enjoyed> that. <laughs> so pretty. The Dominican Puros will be Davidoff's first vintage smoke available. 
It's an extremely limited quantity. It's a cigar, a Grand Toro size. I'm reading the news. I don't care. The cigar, a Grand Toro (laughs) size, should reach stores in November and will not come cheap. It will be the most expensive cigar Davidoff has ever made. The cigars will have bands featuring the signature Diaz (laughs) and will be sold in Davidoff flagship stores. Interesting. That is the catch there. Chirano employees find a new home. Yes, Roberto B. Duran Premium Cigars has added its third former employee of the Chirano family earlier this week. The company announced that Jack Chirano has been hired to oversee sales in Florida and the Caribbean. The announcement comes days after Roberto Duran announced that Miguel Shoto had been hired as national sales manager, the same role he held at the Toronto Family Cigar. So what happened to Roberto De- Durant's, all the employees all these people that, that were, were there? For him, yeah. He just told him see the door, see it? Or did I, he just pick up and start this company, like, overnight? I don't know. I never heard of him. I, I never heard of him. I don't even know if he had people in those Wasn't roles. he a baseball player? Roberto Duran? I'm pretty sure he was. Oh. Um, who else they got? Frank is also, uh, let's just see here. Frank Cooden is also joined. The Roberto Duran is a territory manager in the Mid-Atlantic, and he previously covered the area for Toronto Family Cigars. Roberto Duran Premium Cigars launched last year, folks. Last year. So either he had no employees for a year. Oh, Roberto Duran, the boxer. That's right. I wonder if it's the same guy. Look it up. Roberto Duran. Its cigars are produced at Nica Tobacco SA Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. I wonder what happened to our... Have you talked to Armandwell? Armando? Yeah. Lapito? Yeah. No, have you talked to Armando no. Lapito? And finally, La Polina Black. Yes, La Polina's latest creation, Black Label, has begun shipping to all retailers who ordered the cigar after debuting at a handful of events last month. The new line has been on the radar since early April, with details of being finalized in early July, ahead of its debut of the 2014 IPCPR Convention and Trade Show. It is billed as the strongest release to date from Bill Paley's company, using a Brazilian Bahiano wrapper over a dual binder of Dominican and Nicaraguan tobacco. The Dominican and Nicaraguan tobacco and the filler as well is made at the PDR Cigars in the Dominican Republic, the same factory that makes La Polina Classic line. The La Polina Black Label is debuting in four sizes, Gordo, Petit Lancero, Robusto, and Toro, and retailing Betweek. Retailing between 10 and 11.50, with each size is packed in 20 count boxes. Not the same guy. Not the same guy. Well, I'm sure there's more than one Roberto Duran in the world. All right. That being said, let's do a quick fantasy fumari update. <clears throat> dun, 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 dun. Come on, Colin. Dun. I think, dun, got, dun. I think he got upset. Now he doesn't want to do it. What's going on here? I was answering phones. What's happening? Fan- <laughs> got to answer a phone. Fantasy Fumari. All right, here we go. Fantasy Fumari Season 3, Round 1. And it was one heck of a battle here. In the West, we had Bourbon Barbarians versus Blazing Cajuns. And Blazing Cajuns decimated Bourbon Barbarians with their team of Oktoberfest, The Big Payback, and Java Maduro. Also in the West, TJ Terror, Burning Stogies, Burning Stogies advances by three times the score with Alec Bradley, Sungrown, Casa, Fernandez, Miami, and Davidoff, Special R. Also in the West, Monkey Making Maduro's crushes sound experience. Uh, and uh, Monkey Making Maduro's has a team of uh, Fuente 858, I'm pretty sure that's what the number's supposed to be, Padron Natural, 
and Tatiana Dolce. Um, and finally in the West, Eminem versus Napoleon Complex. Eminem, probably the highest score of the week from anybody, crushes Napoleon Complex with his team of Rocky Patel, Edge Carrojo, bin number one from Aging Room and EPC Inch. Off to the East, we have New York Smoker, just edges over the meaty clackers with his team of Jaime Toro Gordo, J.D. Howard, and Ashton VSG. Underdog Rockets edges out over Long Ashes with his team of Macanudo, Portofino, Undercrown Grand Toro, and Monte Cristo Classic. In the bottom bracket, we have Cigar Carissa. Wow, this one stick. Yeah, I, Look had, at this I score. double-checked this morning. One stick sold. Cigar Sexy edges Cigar Carissa by a single cigar. Yes, and her team of Asylum Ogre, which she sold one stick of. That one stick made the difference. Ortega Natural and Perdomo Lock 23. And finally in the East, this was both two very high-scoring teams here. Colorado Blazers edges out over Jailhouse Jacks with a team of Hemingway Classics from Fuente Padilla Cava and Amadeus Sidewinder. All those results can be found on www.kissmyashradio.com. The bracket is there. Check it out. We'll be updating uh, round two in a couple weeks. Up ahead, we have Tom Corley, CPA author. Let's see what Tom Corley wants to tell us all about right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. Monitor three humidors at once from one simple device. Caring for your cigars is easy with the new PuroTemp wireless hygrometer from Zycar. You now have the ability to monitor the humidity and temperature in three humidors without even having to open them. Ensure protection by setting simple alerts that will warn you when your cigars are not in the optimal environment. Like everything Zycar, this is backed by their lifetime warranty. Stop by your local tobacconist to purchase yours today. Zycar for life. Chubanacan Cigars. For the discerning aficionado, produced under the watchful eye of Don Omar Gonzalez Aleman in the Cubanacan factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each with original and unique tastes. Cubanacan, Soneros, Maderos. And this winter, watch for the launch of the wildly anticipated HR with Orochi Robaina, grandson of the late great Don Alejandro Robaina. Learn more at CubanacanCigars.com. This is Eric Espinoza, and over the years, many cigar aficionados have enjoyed my highly rated brands, 601 Murcielago. In the spirit of continuing improvement, I have purchased my own factory, La Zona, in rich and fertile tobacco region of Esteli, Nicaragua. After almost two decades in the cigar industry, I have created a brand I finally feel is worthy of my name. Espinoza cigars are made with only the finest tobaccos, hand-selected, and aged to perfection. Our cigars are bold in flavor, yet refined to the palate. Look for Espinosa Cigars at your nearest fine tobacconist. For more information, visit EspinosaCigars.com. Hi, I'm Petra de Babna. Mine has the Cigar King, which makes me the Cigar Princess. And you're listening to Kiss My Ass Radio. Are you tired of all the new cigars coming out? If so, forget all the new flavors of the week and return to a consistent classic, Casa Magna. Ranked the number one cigar of the year by Cigar Aficionado in 2008, Casa Magna delivers the same rich, bold flavors year after year, and always at an affordable price. So the next time you walk into the humidor and feel overwhelmed by all the new brands you've never heard of, just grab a Casa Magna and rest assured you've made the right decision. Casa Magna. Taste delivered day after day, 
year after year. It's that time of year again. Oktoberfest 2014, almost here. And to celebrate, Quesada Cigars is set to release their seasonal Oktoberfest cigar. Made entirely of rich, flavorful Dominican tobaccos, the Quesada Oktoberfest is the only cigar on the market blended specifically to pair with a delicious beer. So grab a cold one and a Quesada Oktoberfest while you can, because this exclusive cigar is available now. But for a limited time only, Quesada Oktoberfest. The perfect cigar to pair with beer. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. I heard you laughing. I thought you heard. Oh, he can't say it on TV. I just happened to look up and notice the game day crew, and somebody has a sign in the back that's really inappropriate and not able to be read on radio. If you go over, if you go over Corso's uh, shoulder, you didn't have your headset on when we came back. That's hilarious. Can you turn my mic on, Adam? Why would you do that to her? He does that every because you don't put your headset on. My headset was on the table, just like yours were. Until mine was on my head. Okay, yours was on your head. A picked his up and put his on. He already had his on his head. This used to be a loving family. It really did. He wants to shut it down. Used to be a friendly, loving family. Gwen, I have had it up to here with short people. What does that have to do with Adam? (laughs) I don't know. My mom used to say that to my dad. I've had it up to here with you. My dad's really short. You drive my dad crazy. You get it. Everybody in the room caught that reference. I don't know. I thought it was funny. All right. On the phone with us today, special guest Tom Corley. He's a CPA author of Rich Kids, How to Raise Our Children to Be Happy and Successful. Tom, welcome. You're on Kiss My Ass Radio. Hey, Abe. Uh, thanks for having me on. Hello, Lady M and Adam. Hello. Hello. You picked a very interesting show to join us with. To tell you, the, the chemistry today is just uh, on fire. Tom, I have four kids. Now, I don't know if they're rich, and I don't know if they're going to be happy. But give me some tidbits. You know, what led you to write a book such as that? Well, it's a long story, Abe. I started out on this research project back in 2004 
one of my small business clients was uh, failing, so uh, he came into my office, asked me what he was doing wrong. He was he was really upset. They they the bank termed his line of credit, took away his line basically, and he couldn't make payroll. So uh, anyway, he hit some emotional buttons in me, and I started doing research on what the heck he was doing wrong, why he was failing, and also wanted to find out what it is that a lot of the wealthy people were doing that were responsible for their success. And uh, five years later, I finished my research, uh, interviewed over 200 wealthy individuals, over 100 poor individuals, and uh, tried to summarize what I found in, um, in terms of habits. There were 10 keystone habits that separated the rich from the poor. And then I wrote a book about it called Rich Habits, and uh, then my follow-up book, Rich Kids, which just came out, is really geared towards helping parents, teachers, grandparents, and anybody to, to mentor anyone, but primarily kids. And uh, included in, in that book a lot of the strategies, there's hundreds of strategies that I uncovered in my research, things that parents should be doing, teachers should be doing, grandparents to, to mentor their kids. Uh, you know, like, for example, uh, one of the things that I uncovered was uh, kids need to understand how to uh, find it, what, what it is that they like to do in life. And the only way that that's going to happen is if the parents and get involved and try and uh, expose them to different areas so they can uncover certain skill sets. So I call that the main purpose strategy, and I, I talk about that in the book. Now, as a CPA, I'm sure you had a lot of insight to be able to gather this kind of information. But what led you specifically to say, I want to attack this subject on the kids? Well, I, you know, the, what I uncovered in my research was that the wealthy people uh, all said that, for the most part, they got these rich habits from their parents. And I said, wow, that's profound, because that means whether your parents, you grew up in a, in a background where you were rich or poor, it didn't really matter what your circumstances were. The, most of the individuals, many of the individuals in my study who were rich came from a poor or middle-class background. So it was what the parents were teaching them when they were kids that they took with them into their adult life and th those rich habits became uh, the foundation upon which they built their wealth. Wow. Are parents to blame for not giving their children the proper tools to be successful? Yeah, parents are to blame for poverty. It's not the government. It's not Wall Street. Uh, it's it's no, not... the government uh, loves poverty. They just keep giving those people money and money. Yeah, well, you know, it depends what... what uh, <laughs> What branch of government, you know, the, what, what political party you're talking about. But I, I think it's the worst thing uh, to enslave someone in entitlement programs because you take away the American dream from them. So, you know, that, um, I wrote these books really to try and get the American dream back on front and center. It's possible. Your circumstances, Abe, are temporary, made permanent by your habits, your behaviors, and your choices, and I'm trying to get that message out there. The American dream is gone. This this what can I do to better this country mentality is gone. It's what can this country do for me? What can I milk out of this country? That's what's going on. One of my favorite scenes in The Cinderella Man. You ever see it? Oh, that's my favorite. One of my favorite top <laughs> ten movies. My favorite scene is when he goes back into the welfare line and gives them back their money because he refused yeah. to take welfare but then had to to feed his kids. And then as soon as he makes a little money, he goes back and he has <laughs> tell her a lot of cash. Here's all the money you guys gave me. That mentality is gone. That's the problem with this country. Now, I, you know, I employ a lot of people. Unfortunately, a lot of them are used. And I'm going to read your book. I'm sorry I haven't read it yet. But I'm going to read your book because I do try to mentor the people that work for me. And it's, it's, 
it's amazing. I mean, listen, you you find diamonds in the rough, and and, and, and I will say I have a very exceptional staff, well above uh, I will believe any of my competitors. I mean, these guys work, got a great work ethic, most of them, and really try to do their best. But the attitude of most of the people that we hire is just, it's mind-blowing. I don't know where this mentality comes from. There's no more, the word pride, P-R-I-D-E, doesn't exist anymore in the workforce. I think that's part of the key problem. Yeah, it, well, it's coming from the household. It's coming from the parents. It's also coming from the educational institutions, the, the teachers. They need to become more mentors. And if the parents and the teachers, uh, Abe, aren't doing their job, the grandparents have to step up. They have to step in and, and take place of a role as a model, um, uh, you know, as a mentor. And um, I always like to say that parents raise kids, but mentors raise millionaires. And that is so true. When these parents, grandparents, these teachers, when they start mentoring kids for success, that's when, it, that's when the tide's going to change. Because when you mentor someone for success, what you're telling them is it's up to you. There's individual responsibility here. It's not somebody else's fault. It's, it's uh, your behaviors, your choices, and these are the behaviors and the choices and the habits you need to have in order to be successful. Absolutely. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Thomas Corley, CPA author, uh, and we're talking about his new book, Rich Kids, How to Raise Our Children to Be Happy and Successful. Tom, what are some of the, nor- what are some of the habits that the super-rich cultivate that you know, the, the normal people, the people who really aren't mentors, should adopt? Yeah, well, one of them, Abe, is we t- everybody wor- has to work, make a living. What I found in my research was that 93% of the wealthy said that they liked or loved their job. 7% said they loved their job. That means that they found their main purpose in life, because when you're doing something that you love, you're not working. And, uh, I, and 2% of the poor actually said that they liked what they did for a living. So if you are in a, a job that you don't like, you're not going to do well. You're going you're gonna to fail. The other thing is um, you know, finding a career mentor. You've got to find someone like you're trying to do with your employees. Uh, you gotta, you've got to really uh, educate yourself, self-education. I found in my research uh, that the wealthy engaged in uh, self-education. They read every single day, 30 minutes or more uh, a day, and they read uh, two or more books a month. And this is all for self-education. They're not reading recreational books. Uh, they're reading to learn. And uh, many of them even document what they learn. They, a couple of the individuals in my uh, research, they had something that I call the fact book. They would write down what they learned every day from their reading. And, you know, the, this, you know some of the other things is stop watching TV. Um, m- most of the wealthy, they, they watch a, an hour or less of TV a day, whereas most of the poor people... Uh, they spend more than an hour, 77% of them spend more than an hour a day watching TV. And wealthy people also understand that um, not every thought needs to come out of their mouth. So they vet their thoughts, they vet their emotions, because uh, if you say what's on your mind, oftentimes you're going you're gonna to hurt someone's uh, feelings, you're going to damage a relationship. And sometimes, you know, to the wealthy, relationships are, are the currency of the wealthy. It's, it's, ha- it's how they are able to open doors and uh, make new customers and meet new people and opportunities. So they understand the importance of, of uh, developing these relationships. Sure. I bet you that hour of television is probably 60 minutes. <laughs> <You know>? uh, yeah. <laughs> They're not watching yeah, SpongeBob uh, for that hour either. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, listen, it's most, yeah. And, and it's I'm, mostly also uh, watching the poor people watching the, these uh, reality TV shows. Oh. What a waste oh, of time that is. Totally ruined television, really. It has... 
Um, more with Tom Corley, author of Rich Kids, right after this. Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. You know, some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today at all smoking locations. When a child is diagnosed with cancer, their life and their family's life changes dramatically. Chemotherapy treatments, doctor visits, and trips to the hospital soon consume their time. The programs and services provided by the Kids Cancer Foundation make it possible for the foundation to meet the needs of our young patients and families. We could not provide these resources without your support. For more information and to find out how you can make a difference in the life of a child battling cancer, call 561-333-8116 or visit kidscancersf.org. Sponsored by CLE Cigars. The godfather of boutique cigars is back. Ernesto Perez Carrillo, the creator of La Gloria Cubana, Siri R, and El Rico Habano, recently joined forces with his children to create E.P. Carrillo brand. In just the first year of E.P. Carrillo, received a 94 rating in Cigar Aficionado and number 8 Cigar of the Year and Rob Report's Best of the Best Honor. Although E.P. Carrillo is made with the finest tobaccos in the world, Ernesto has not wavered on his family's commitment for affordable prices. With prices starting at $4.50 for the 91 New Wave Connecticut, you can't afford not to try E.P. Carrillo. Pick up an E.P. Carrillo at your nearest smoking location. This is Pete Hernandez with the Hernandez Brothers. Honest Dave is my hero, my meatball hero. Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and I've worked long and hard to create a Cameroon cigar. We've been saving Cameroon wrappers for seven years to come up with the perfect cigar, the Vintage 2003. This cigar has a Cameroon wrapper from Africa, delivers a sweet taste, medium-bodied, a ton of flavor, yet it's smooth on the palate. If you've never tried the Vintage 2003, please go out and try one because this Cameroon cigar is going to deliver everything you're seeking. Bill Paley, Samuel Paley's grandson, has dedicated himself to creating cigars emblematic of the original La Polina brand, created by his grandfather over a century ago. La Polina premium handmade cigars represent a marriage of the finest tobaccos blended by master artisans. La Polina has consistently received top honors from all industry publications, including Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year and Cigar Journal's Best American-Made Cigar. La Polina, premium handmade cigars, available only at fine tobacconists. Are you looking for a new out-of-the-box, ready-to-smoke go-to cigar? Then look no further than Boutique Blends. Boutique Blends offers a wide variety of strengths, profiles, and sizes to appease even the staunchest aficionado. Crafted from the finest in small-batch Dominican tobaccos, Boutique Blends has a cigar to satisfy all taste profiles. From the highly rated and acclaimed Aging Room Quattro, the new Aging Room Maduro, or the Swag Puro Dominican, find the highly rated Boutique Blends cigar at your nearest tobacconist today. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Rich kids, got a lot to say. Rich kids, never have to pay. Everything's 
Welcome back. Honest Abe here with my game, Adam K, the lovely lady. I'm broadcasting live from the main cigar bar at the Casa de Monte Cristo Lounge in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. Today, as a special guest, we have Tom Corley, CPA author, and his new book, Rich Kids, How to Raise Our Children to Be Happy and Successful. Tom, thank you for joining us at this match radio today. Uh, I'm just so glad to be here, Abe. And by the way, I've been to your place. Oh, you're local. Uh, well, I'm from New Jersey, but I got uh, I got some clients down in, in Florida, and my brother-in-law lives in Boynton Beach, and we go to your we go to that place all the time. Oh, please come in and introduce yourself formally next time. Love to buy you a drink, and I understand you're a cigar smoker. What are some of your favorite cigars, Tom? Yeah, well, my two favorites are uh, the El Rey del Mundo, the uh, Ooh, the Robusto. You're going old school. You're going old yeah, school I love there. That. I love that one, uh, and uh, the JR has an ultimate. They have these, this brand called the Ultimate. It's a special. It's a Monte Cristo special edition. Uh, I love Monte Cristos. They're just my. They're, they're my favorite cigar. They're well, they're just there. Next time you come in town, we're going to help elevate your palate a little <laughs> bit and modernize it and get you off some of those Jr. House brands. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. About your book, Rich Kids: How to Raise Our Children to Be Happy and Successful. You talk about opportunity luck and detrimental luck. Can you explain that mm-hmm. to our listeners? Yeah, well, what I found in my research, Abe, was that uh, wealthy people create their own type of luck. I call it opportunity luck, and poor people create their own type of bad luck called detrimental luck. What the opportunity luck is, when you, you know, there's four types of luck. There's random good luck, there's random bad luck, uh, and then there's opportunity good luck, and there's detrimental bad luck. When wealthy people, they have all these rich habits, and when they every day are at it, and they're following the rich habits, and they're doing the things that they need to do every day that move them forward to their to, their, to achieve their goals. Um, what eventually happens is opportunities start to manifest themselves almost out of thin air. You start meeting the right people. You get a great reputation. Everybody uh, wants to do business with you. Uh, you have a, a, a high level of integrity usually associated with uh, those people who follow the rich habits. And, and so you, you might be a, a promotion. It might be a new big customer. Uh, it might be more money that you make, a bonus, whatever. Uh, poor people, uh, they have the same uh, kind of luck that, that is the result of following bad habits, poverty habits. It's called detrimental luck. And uh, it's like an avalanche. They are doing these little things every day that are uh, really tearing them apart inch by inch. And then at some point in time, they might have uh, you know, um, diabetes or heart attack. They, they might get fired. They might file for bankruptcy. It's, it's all buildup of following these poverty habits, so they create their own detrimental luck in life. You know, I find that very interesting because I've always said, because people talk about being lucky, and I said, you know, being lucky really isn't about luck because sometimes you say, oh, he was in the right place at the right time. But my rationale was, well, you know what? He was able to see the opportunity that arose in front of him where other people wouldn't have seen that opportunity. And I've said that for years. So, I mean, it's, it's very interesting that you describe that here. Yeah, what happens is it's really a byproduct of... There's a, there's a physiological thing going on whenever you uh, pursue a goal or a dream. Um, it, you turn on something inside the brain. It's part of the limbic system. We have three parts of the brain. The uh, limbic system is the second part. And it's called the reticular activating system. It's like a toggle switch, uh, Abe, when you, when you f- pursue anything in life, any, any goal, dream, or main purpose. You turn that switch on, and, and what happens is you start uh, tuning in to certain opportunities that you didn't see before. Like, like the way the RAS works, the reticular activating system, imagine you're in an airport and you hear there's thousands of people talking, it's just white noise, but then somebody turns around and says, hey, Abe, 
and you immediately turn in that direction. That's your reticular activating system, system only letting in certain information. So there's a physiological component to these rich habits uh, that, that isn't based on some you know, spiritual or, or law of attraction stuff. It's, it's r- real physical stuff that's going on. And uh, if you follow them, you're going to open up the door to opportunities, and you're going to see them. They're always there. You just never notice them. Tom, one last question. I know you got to go. Um, do you think there should be more of a presence of finance teaching in public schools? Because, you know, when I was in school, in high school, we never had a class how to balance your checks book, um, you know, how to make wise investment choices, how do you do your taxes. It's amazing how many adults yeah. don't know how to balance a checkbook. Right. I'm going to tell yeah. a true story real quick. I was helping my, a friend of mine. Uh, his wife opened a laundromat, mm-hmm. and they asked me just to help them because they couldn't figure out their finances. Right. So they knew I had a retail store, so I went over to her house, and she's saying, I keep writing this check. I call the bank, and they're telling me I have a balance of $4,000. Right. I write these checks, and all these checks bounce because she wasn't even compensating for the checks that she wrote that hadn't cleared the account. Right. I mean, it's mind-blowing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, well, what you know, what's going on here is, uh, you know, the, the old school, uh, they, they taught you something called home ec. They, ta- they taught you about uh, how to balance your checkbook, how to manage your money at home. Most of, most of those home ec courses were taught to women, because that was the way it was in the, the old days. But they need to re- reinstitute that. They need to te- teach kids. There needs to be a curriculum, and it needs to be every year. They need to be teaching kids different aspects of finances. They need to teach them about saving, spending, you know, life insurance, auto insurance, homeowner insurance. Yep. They need to teach them about everything, and they're not doing it. Absolutely. Tom, um, if anybody's interested in your book or more information about it, do you have a website sure. where they can go, how they can find your book? Yeah, at richhabits.net, there's just a repository of information on there. All my research articles are there. You can uh, get my books on that site. You can get my books anywhere, but uh, richhabits.net, you can get the books. There's free e-books that you can download, and there's also free research uh, articles that you can download and report. So, if they go to richhabits.net, they're going to get a, a whole boatload of information and uh, also all my media interviews, which I share a lot of other things uh, beyond the scope of our uh, short time here today. So yeah, richhabits.net is where they could go. Definitely check it out, especially if you have kids. I believe it's 100% worth it. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Much appreciated. We're going to send you a little Thank you. care package of cigars to help you get you on your way. Thanks, Abe. Thanks, Lady Evan. and thanks, Adam. No Take problem. care. Interesting interview, especially with four kids myself. I mean, yeah. That's, you know, I, I, I really always try to incorporate that mentor attitude with my staff. Some of the guys appreciate it, absorb it, right. want to learn. A lot of them, it's in one ear or right that, out the other. It really is unfortunate because in this world now today where you were talking about, it's so me-centric and the American dream is gone. There's not those people that are out there willing to help you anymore. There's not these mentor programs. There's not these figures that you can look up to in the public and say, you know, I want to be like him. Well, you know, I'm definitely not the easiest person to work for. Or I'll be the first to admit it. But Did everybody hear right that? because Dad, I, giveaway. <laughs> I do try Thanks, to Colin. <laughs> I do try to incorporate that mentor attitude. Right. Try to make them better people, not just in what they do here in life. I mean I have an example of this employee who purchased a car. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want you to say it, and ended up paying thirty percent interest. Right. And, and it was like absurd and I tried talking the person out of it, send it back, Yeah. you know, well, they didn't want to buy a used car because the amount of money they were going to take to fix it, they wanted to get a pre-owned, right. you're spending $13,000 in interest, you could fix it 20 times, you could build a car from scratch, Yeah. and that's what people aren't but they realizing. don't want to listen, so right. they keep making these bad decisions, 
that just weigh and weigh and they never get out of it. And, you know, a lot of what this guy said is absolutely right. Yeah. They're just uneducated in life and how to handle it. And going back to that, that car thing is that there's this unrealistic, unrealistic expectation that the media, that the public puts on us that we have to have a nice car. We have to, and so you're going to go to these places like these offshoot car dealers where you're going to get 30% interest and you're going to be driving, you know, a big Cadillac or something like that. They don't want to wait until they're ready right. where they can handle it right. and deserve it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I personally lived, you know, with two kids in townhouses mm-hmm. until two years ago. Right. It wasn't until two years ago where I finally bought myself a home right. where I could raise my family. Because I wasn't ready. The time exactly. wasn't right. And it's, it's, they want it now. Yeah. They want it now. They want it now where it's undeserving. They don't care the, the cost at which it comes to them. Right. And the decisions they make. And, and these, are, these are the same people that Tom was talking about who are watching TV three hours a day. They're not doing the three? research. Or, or even more. There's, <laughs> there's some people that watch TV for way more than three oh, hours. Oh, sure. Sit on the more. computer and do that stuff. And it's, it's. It's a society in which everything is, you know, the, what's the famous comic? George Carlin. It's the microwave society. Everyone wants it now. Yeah. And it, we want it immediately. And no one's willing to work. No one's willing to wait to become successful and to put the work in. Everyone thinks they're going to get on Twitter. They're going to get on Facebook. They're going to have a million followers. Yeah, they're going to make their video and, and yeah, become rich. Yeah, they're going to be YouTube stars. And that's be the it. next Justin Beefhead or whatever his name is. Justin Beefhead. Yeah. Baby. Oh, what a joke. What a great really? guy, though. You had to go to do that. I did. I don't That's know awful. why I did. <laughs> He's taking up for the stream the karaoke. All right, we got a few minutes for the end of the hour. What do you want to do? A segment of quick hits? Let's do quick hits. All right. Fast, fast, fast. Last night I cut the light off my bedroom, hit the switch, was in the bed before the room was dark. Quick hits. Quick hits. Quick, quick, quick. All right, here we go. Bobblehead. Abe. Uh, baseball. Hairband. Grunge. 80s. Blue waffle. Disgusting. Oh, good not. No. Did you say yum? Pull up that picture. <laughs> she just said yum. I hope that picture is still... I thought you couldn't say that on the air. You can say it. it just, uh, we, just, uh, we won't describe what it is. Yeah. Oh. All right, next one. Jumper. Movie. Oh, good movie. Yeah, film. Hate. Mm. Drugs. Yeah. Ooh. Baller. Lady M. Basketball. October. Best. Beer. Fest. Absinthe. Sarzak. Ah, nice. Thank you. And, and Stalker. Lady M. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, you got to pull up a picture of Blue Wall. I'm, I'm going to show it to her during oh, the break. Oh, God, yeah. I won't she, do it to the people on. She said, yum. I know there's probably people that are curious about it out there, but please oh, don't. There's Google. thousands of people right now Googling yeah. Blue Waffles. Yeah. No. no. All right, folks. Don't, don't go anywhere. Buckle up. Our interview with Rob, Rob Weiss and his crew up ahead. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. It's no secret, there's a movement in this country to squash the rights of cigar smokers. These busybodies want to impose their will on cigar manufacturers, retailers, and smokers with exorbitant taxes and unfair restrictions. As a cigar enthusiast, you do have a voice in this fight. Cigar Rights of America. CRA is your partner in Washington and all 50 states in the struggle to preserve your rights to enjoy cigars at reasonable prices in traditional settings. For the price of a few cigars, just $35 a year, you can join CRA and support their efforts in your behalf. Join up today on the Smokers Rights page at thecigarstation.com. 
Hey, fools, how about a game of cutthroat? Your funeral? That's my kind of game. Arnold, I hope your pool playing is better than your choice of cigars. Here, try this Rickloose cigar. You're gonna need all the help you could get. Hey, don't be stingy. Let me get one of those. Rickloose? Wow, that's a good smoke. Now I can bring my A game. Hey, I think you should stick with that Rickloose cigar and work on your B game because you don't have an A game, and I know a little something about games. Boom! Hey, sucker, go buy yourself a Rickloose cigar and do it today. Arturo Fuente, the reigning family of premium cigars since 1912, artistically combining old-world traditions and unparalleled craftsmanship with flavorful aged tobaccos, making Arturo Fuente the best-selling premium cigars in America. From the world-renowned Fuente Fuente Opus X to the new line of highly rated Arturo Fuente Rosado Magnum R Series, the Fuente family is proud to offer cigars for every palate. Whether you're a connoisseur or an occasional smoker, discover why only Fuente is Fuente. This is Kurt from 724 Cigars. We originated Tobacco Patina here on Kiss My Ash Radio. Trill, Cabarete, Cuellar. Yes, Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. I said Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. Get these cigar brands in your head because they are great and here to stay. So do yourself a favor. Go to your local retailer and say Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. I need to try these now. Top-rated cigars from Villager Cigars. It's a movement. For more information or to find a retailer near you, visit VilligerCigars.com. Buying a home is the biggest investment you face. Choosing the right company to help makes all the difference. Property Transfer Services is a fully licensed professional title company that has been serving Florida, New Jersey, and the entire East Coast for over 22 years. Our team of experienced licensed title officers are here to work with the seller, buyer, realtor, builder, and bank to make sure that every transaction is a success. For more information on how Property Transfer Services can help you, call Michael Raff at 561-691-5941. Again, that's 561-691-5941. Property Transfer Services is the official sponsor of The Great Smoke. In their Miami factory, Casa Fernandez makes the finest limited quantity cigars with Class 7 Cuban Master Rollers. Made in the USA in the Cuban tradition. The chocolate bar, the Casa Fernandez Reserva Maduro Corona Extra 5x46 was a big hit at the 2013 IPCPR. The Miami-made Reserva Maduro was blended by our world-renowned Arsenio Ramos, proudly made in the U.S. with the world's best rollers and Aganorsa's highest quality Nicaraguan leaves of tobacco. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back. Honest Abe here with my gang Adam K. And our producer John Barron sitting yeah. in for the, I guess, ill lady M. We were complaining about some intestinal issues. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone would rather hear her than me, so. Oh, well, that's a giveaway. Dead yeah, giveaway. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. I feel good, though. You feel good? Yeah, I feel alright. You like being on the air. Eh. As a producer, you don't get that spotlight. I don't like often. the Don Air style. I like behind the scenes. You like behind the scenes? I like directing. You like the back door? Uh, yeah. Thank you, Colin. 
He's right on time. Yep. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, yesterday we had the privilege of interviewing Rob Weiss. Well, we uh, Rob Weiss, creator, writer, producer, was uh, wrote for the hit show Entourage and just wrapped up the movie Entourage, which will be coming out, I think, next year. June. June, yes. Uh, what we didn't know was he had a surprise for us. He had his little Entourage himself there, Lou Lombardi. Of uh, the hit, it was on hit show Sopranos and Entourage, and film producer uh, Jeff Santo. So uh, this was ended up being a pretty interesting interview, and pretty much the reason why we usually ask for only one person to be uh, on an interview at a time. But uh, here we go. Listen to this. Honest Abe here with uh, Rob Weiss, uh, Jeff Santo, and Louis Lombardi all at, uh, all at once. What a privilege, guys! Thanks a lot for joining us. Of course, man. Thanks for having us. Very good. We've been waiting for this day for a long time. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. Good to be here. We're all smoking cigars. Well, that being said, what are you gentlemen smoking? Uh, it's it's uh, early afternoon for you guys over there right now in California. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's 1 o'clock. Yeah, what are you guys starting your afternoon off with? We usually start a morning off with cigars, the Big Meyer, uh, Rob Cigar. Yeah, the B.G. Meyer. B.G. Meyer, it's one of my favorites, especially the Slackers. They're great. Nice, B.G. Myers. So, Rob, I mean, obviously you've been in the cigars for a while. What, what uh, you know, tell us about how you got hooked up in cigars and, uh, you know, what influenced you to uh, get into cigars? You know, I mean, I, I quit smoking cigarettes. I started smoking cigars. And uh, I met Dylan Austin and some of the Davidoff dudes, and they invited me to Honduras, and then it became like a five-year conversation <laughs> about doing a brand with them. So, and that actually just came to fruition this year, so kind of nice you know it's quite a process very cool stuff and, and of course you're a member of their board of the bold i am man you know i was uh it's quite the honor to be on that board of the bold with matt and the mike ditka you know pretty cool guys man the very cool guys of course being from chicago uh it was we had mike in our shop uh, earlier this year and that was awesome experience what a great guy the guy didn't turn one fan away he was awesome yeah i mean he's a pretty no-nonsense dude you know oh well, look- uh, yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, Dicker, I know we, he punched in, right? I, it was great. We did that photo shoot, man. We did the, uh, when we did the board of the bolt shoot in New York, and they were like, the guys from Colangelo were putting me, Matt, and Mike in the shot together. Mike is obviously between the two of us. I mean, the guy's like a pillar, you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> we, look, we look like two shrimps on the sides of him, and they're like, get closer, guys, get closer. Yeah, you know, you could just see it on Dick's face as we were like draped <laughs> on him. He's pretty much like, done. Back up, son. Yeah, he's like, just pretty much done. He was done with the shoot pretty quick, you know? <laughs> okay. you, know who, you know who I met in Vegas a couple of weeks ago? Dick Buckus. Oh, another great. We hung out. Me and him talked for like two hours, man. He was a he, he was a great, one of the coolest guys I've ever sat with, and. He was a great dude, man. But just speaking of the Chicago guys, yeah. Dick uh, Buckus, it was great. Well, I Dick t- gave, gave one of my uh, dad's friends a heart attack on a golf course. Who did that? It was Parker, and they, they lost, and the, the oh. guy actually had a heart attack. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, he's so got a serious about his yeah, golf really, game, man. Yeah. Because I remember we were doing some scheduling, and, and a lot of it was taking place on golf. Him. Yeah, he's got to calm down. Mike. Oh really? Is he like that big of a guy? Yeah, yeah he was. We went in golf. Well, we were all. You imagine the club at like <laughs> No, we were we were all in Dallas together, man, for the for the uh, for the relaunch and his schedule. I remember he was trying to put it together, and a lot of it had to be back for golf. Like he was like, you know, he doesn't remind me of a golf guy. No, he yeah, really doesn't. Really about cool. him, man. But I tell you yeah, what, more the bowl thing, man. I mean, I thought you know, I thought they did a great. Uh, it was a great marketing campaign and really cool people involved. And, you know. No, it, it was it was one of the better campaigns I've seen this industry put together. It was really nice. Um, yeah, well, it's an interesting industry, man. Interesting people, you know. And kind of like when we we met you at that convention, I said it actually felt like I had a real job. <laughs> you know I mean, it wasn't like uh, it didn't feel like a Hollywood thing at all. Yeah, he was he was at the convention that we were at. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 
And that Vegas convention was great. One of the best times I had in Vegas in years. Do you guys plan on going down to New Orleans next year? Yeah, I'll definitely go to New Orleans for sure, man. Well, I mean, I'd actually prefer it, man. Vegas killed me. I was dead. I mean, well, New Orleans is going to kill you even more. I've never really. Been, I'd like to go. No, yeah. New Orleans is nice, but Vegas is—it's like a marathon, man. It's nonstop. Yeah. But I've been down there for film stuff. I've never been down there for. Uh, oh, that downtown is great. You're going to be begging really? for Vegas when you get out of New Orleans. I mean, that one—that was a rough one. That Vegas for those three, four days, man. You know, it's tough. I mean, the, the guy—that's the thing about the guys in the cigar business, man. Is these guys will stay out till five in the morning, and then they're like, well, you know. They're Ready? like, Ready to go. Out yeah, on the yeah. Out I was showing up at one yeah. in the afternoon back no, in the yeah, like, like, I was getting hit up at like 8.30 in the morning, like, <laughs> where are you, you know? <laughs> I was like, I'm in a coma, man. But <laughs> That event was great. That was the first time I've been, and you know what? Just hanging out at that booth with those guys and smoking cigars with all these cool dudes, man. It was one of the highlights of my Vegas times, and I've, and I've been in Vegas a lot. It was one of the best times I had in Vegas in years. I loved it. Well, if you just joined us, we have a uh, creator, uh, a writer, director, producer Rob Weiss, along with actor Louis Lombardi and film director Jeff Santo here on Kiss My Ash Radio. All right, well, I'm almost afraid to ask this question with, with the uh, gentlemen that are currently in the room, but what's one of your best cigar-related stories? Uh, you know, I gave Clinton the cigar that he used. So oh, get out of here. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Bob was 18 then. <laughs> yeah, my uh, great cigar. I, you know what? I don't know, man. I mean, I think, like, uh, great cigar-related story. That, that that felt like a prep call kind of thing, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> no problem. Look, I asked about... that question three days ago, and I could have really thought on it. He could have wrote it out on his little pad and paper. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, man, listen. Writers, all they want to do is write. I, I feel like every time I'm out and I'm smoking, it's always part of a good time, and it, it makes a part of that. I don't think there's been, like, you know, one super memorable experience, you know? Do you remember I, your first cigar? What, you know, the first time you smoked one? I remember that because when I was, I, I quit cigarettes, I had had, uh, I mean, I had this crazy, like, oral surgery experience where I had, like, a crown tooth, you know, broke in my mouth. Some dentist tried to take it out and actually jammed it up into my sinus, man. Oh. So the next thing I know, the dentist is like, I don't have the proper tools to fix it. This was in large mind. He's like, I'm going to rush you. To Westwood, to an oral surgeon. So he's got, so he's got this kid. Yo, dude, yo, yo, listen. No, no, he's got this, he's got this kid drives me to his, his, like, one of his assistants drives me in, like, a souped-up Honda cranking, like, Biggie Smalls all the way to Westwood where this lady removes the tooth from my perforated sinus, puts a patch on it, and she said, do not smoke. Do not smoke for X amount of days, whatever it was. So my girlfriend at the time was like, you know, this is probably a great time for you to quit cigarettes. So I did it, you know, and after a week or so, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to smoke some cigarettes. I think I met Mr. Cartoon back then. We were talking about doing a project together. He smoked, like, cigarillos, cigarettes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to switch to those. So I switched to those. I was at Grand Havana room with a buddy, and the guy's like, why don't you just try a Diplomatico, too? Just try this. I'm like, nah, nah, bro, nah, nah. You know, and then after a half hour, I said, fuck it. I smoked it, and then I just never went back, man, you know? So that's where it started from. And I, I probably smoked, like, three giant cigars that night, but... When I was out here in uh, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, which is struggle in this business, I used to go to the $2 bin in the Big Easy, and they all give me shit because that's where I'd have to get my cigars because they had this little bin where they put the $2 dollar cigars in. Right, right. I smoked so much. Yeah, well, <laughs> you got like dancing shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's like stuck on it. Yeah. Right now. So yeah, you know, you, like, Louis, you, used to like go yeah. I used to smoke six of those a day in the two dollar bin, and and now I don't have to do it anymore because now I got Rob cigars for free. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't necessarily say for free. 
my first memories of cigars is my grandfather was in Lewisburg Penitentiary, and he did like 30 years in a federal prison, right? So when we were young, we would all go into the prison. You know, we would be like 30, 90 guys got arrested, so all, all the families would drive up together, and all the guys would be smoking in the yard, right, the cigars, and we'd be like five years old, smoking cigars, like puffing on all the cigars in the yard, in the prison yard. So it's sad to say, but five years old, I was smoking cigars wow. in Lewisburg Penitentiary. I thought you were going to say you smuggled them in your ass, Graham. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy smoked them. Some of the guys are still around, but you got to watch what you say. <laughs> they may know you from New York. I've completely lost control of the show. It's the good Cubans all taste like dung anyway, man. And I mean, I got a bunch of them. Well, if you just joined us, we have a uh, creator, uh, a writer, director, producer, Rob Weiss, along with actor Louis Lombardi and film director Jeff Santo here on Kiss My Ash Radio. As long as we're talking about cigars, Rob, your B.G. Meyer standard issue by Camacho, how, how involved were you in the process of putting that cigar together? Um, I mean, I was incredibly involved in it. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, listen, I, obviously I didn't blend the cigars, and I'd like to say I have the most refined palate in the world. But to be completely honest, I don't. So for me, it's like, you know, the marks of good cigars for me, I think, are different than a guy who really is like, has that like aficionado taste. Like for me, it's more about how I feel after I smoke it, like, you know, the way it affects me. Also, I know if I taste something that I don't like. Yeah. So, you know, it was a little bit of a process of elimination. We would try different blends, and then I settled on the ones I liked. I also have friends whose opinions I trusted, and, you know, they would try them and sample them, and, you know, and all the rest of it, you know, from the inception on, we, we did together, man. It was, you know, collaboration between, you know, myself, the guys, you know, who did the Camacho relaunch, and, Dylan Austin and, and all the great guys dab it off, and you know. So, but I mean, I was involved in all of it from the packaging that you know Nick did, Nanashev, uh, Nanashevit. Yep. Uh, you know. How, you know. How surprised were you? Were you surprised when you when you saw the whole process of how much work and effort actually goes into making a cigar? Because the average layman cigar I'm smoker sure. just thinks like you know it comes out of a vending machine. You know, they don't really realize the artisan work. Oh, we we wanted the cigars to be special, especially coming out of. You know, Honduras, the Camacho factory, it's their first Nicaraguan pearl that they've made. So, you know, we knew we were changing some stuff up for them in, in their process. But, yeah, man, it was, it was probably three years, till, till they, maybe more, till they hit the marketplace. So I think what, the thing that surprised me most was that, you know, I work in a business where, especially if we're doing a TV show, it's like everything is pretty much scheduled. Barring, like, some, you know, catastrophe or somebody getting hurt, you're pretty much like going to shoot when you say you're going to shoot. The cigars were like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to release them and launch in May. And then May comes around and you're like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, they're not ready. You know, you know what I mean? So, Welcome to the cigar industry. <laughs> like, yo, is this ever going to happen? I don't know. Is it? And no, of course it's going to happen. You're like, well, it's just not the process I'm used to. How long, how long were the cigars ready before the packaging was finished? Um, huh. I think it was pretty much going at the same, at the, pretty much at the same rate. Oh, uh, you were lucky because it's standard issue in this industry to have cigars ready and everybody's waiting around for boxes. We're waiting for a minute on some of the packaging, some of the sourcing from China, but um, a lot of it also I think was the actual construction and blending, you know. Yeah. So the the actual production of the cigars, but it, you know, it worked out, man. It came right at the right, you know, right time for us, man. Right before the show, and it was a great place for us to launch it and. You know, and it seems to be doing really well right now. I think we're in somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 retailers already. And, and you know, the sell-through looks amazing, and people are enjoying it, and the feedback's been great. And, uh, you know, nope. looking to develop more in the future and, and keep them moving, man. I've been with Rob for a month working on this project that we're doing, and I've probably smoked about 100 of them. And huh. all the shapes, he's got like six different kinds of the, the BG Myers. I tell you, I'll, I'll smoke it right to the last last. 
part of the cigar. You and, should, uh, it's, a, it's a great cigar. You should have uh, left out that information. I was smoking $2 cigar prior. It would have had more credibility. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you just joined us, we got the trifecta here. We got. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff graduated from the two dollars. I, I graduated years ago, ago on a state from the two dollars bin. So. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing about Rob cigars is like you could smoke two, three of them, like he was saying, and you don't even feel like you're smoking them. Like you know, and I, and I, I find myself smoking one, two, three of them. Even the little slackers that he has are great, and you find yourself smoking two, three. You don't even feel like you smoke two, three cigars. You know, it's, it's a really enjoyable, nice kind of nice feel smoking his cigars. I love them. I love them. Yeah, we wanted something that had kind of like, you know, medium to bold flavor that, uh, you know, wasn't so intense that, you know, you'd be limited to one. Right. Because, Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I go a little bit hard with the cigars when I'm out, you know, sure. especially if I'm drinking. <laughs> you know, it, it usually becomes one cigar after the next, so. Well, if you just join us, we have a uh, creator, uh, a writer, director, producer, Rob Weiss, along with actor Louis Lombardi and film director Jeff Santo here on Kiss My Ash Radio. More with our interviews right after this. Follow us on Twitter at Kiss My Ass Radio. Yes, it's mandatory. Perfecting a seed for over 40 years takes skill. Then again, so does growing the perfect beard. Take it from Matt Booth, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the owner of the infamous Room 101 brand. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today at all smoking locations. Keeping Cuba's most coveted traditions for three generations, the legend continues with San Latano. With signature blends by A.J. Fernandez, available in a smooth and creamy Connecticut, a hearty, rich San Andreas box press, Maduro, and a robust, full-bodied Habano. A.J. Fernandez continues the legacy with his new creation, the prestigious San Latano Oval. Using ultra-premium aged tobacco that takes a whole new shape and balance, the San Latano Oval is now available in both a Maduro and Habano wrapper. Visit your local tobacconist today and ask for San Latano Cigars by A.J. Fernandez. This is Anthony Jimenez. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio, and I apparently don't know anything about beer. Dujo, Quaid, Cuave, and Cucuano. Premium cigars. 100% handcrafted Nicaraguan blend. Consistency, balance, aroma, and strength. Dujo, Quaid, Cuave, and Cucuano. The closest cigars to perfection. To find your nearest retailer, visit cucubanocigars.com. Named after the most interesting man in the cigar world, the Nestor Miranda Special Selection is carefully made in Esteli, Nicaragua, using only the finest Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. The cigar is oily to the touch and is second to none in construction. Available in both a dark, spicy, sweet Oscuro wrapper and a bold, full-bodied Rosado wrapper. For the tobacconist nearest you offering Nestor Miranda cigars, visit MiamiCigarAndCompany.com. Nestor Miranda cigars are available at all smoke-in locations. Casa Fernandez has done it again. Following the breakout success of the JFR 770, Eduardo Fernandez has transformed the way you look at the everyday cigar. At four and a half inches and a 46 ring gauge, 
The JFR Junior has taken all the flavor of a Nicaraguan Puro at an incredible value and balanced it perfectly into an enjoyable everyday Corona. Made exclusively at the Casa Fernandez Nicaraguan Esteli factory, the JFR Junior will be sure to please the palate of even the most staunch aficionado. Don't wait. Make sure to pick up the Casa Fernandez JFR Junior at your local tobacconist today. Everyone rates cigars, but very few cigars can say that they have been the number one cigar in the free world. The Aging Room Quattro F55 Concerto is one such cigar. Ranked as the number two cigar in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of 2013, the Aging Room Concerto features Dominican fillers and binders and is wrapped in an exquisite 10-year-old Sumatran wrapper. This medium-bodied, full-flavored cigar is full of creamy sweetness time and time again. Aging Room Cigar, small batches, limited production. Unlimited enjoyment. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. It's like in. I just want to listen to the song. Why? Why do you turn me off? That was actually good timing. <laughs> Honest Dave here. Uh, you're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. Uh, yesterday we had the privilege and honor of interviewing creator, writer, producer Rob Weiss. Oh. What we didn't know was he had a few surprise uh, friends in the room. Uh, actor Louis Lombardi, and film producer Jeff Santo. So uh, we had all three of them on the line, and this is how the second half of our interview went. Time to get into some nitty-gritty here, fellas. I mean, Rob, you, you just... I thought that was the nitty-gritty. No, that was the easy stuff. Oh, you trying, trying to be hot on us? Good, we're ready. I'm ready, to, I'm ready for you. <laughs> Rob, you just finished shooting Entourage the movie, which, you know, I have to tell you, big fan. I love the show. My biggest complaint was it was only a 30-minute show. It felt like just when the show got started, the credits were rolling up. It used to frustrate the heck out of me. But um, you just finished the movie. Uh, People wanted an hour. So now they're going to get an hour plus, you know? They're going to get an hour plus. That's right. The character, which I interestingly found out, Billy Walsh, was technically based supposedly on you. Uh, Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I think years. this is Louie. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Were you? No, listen, listen, it, was, it was a little bit of an amalgam between, like, <laughs> you know, crazy young directors of that period. You know, so it was like, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily on point for things I'd done. But it was definitely, you know, having been a kid who was 26 years old when his first movie came out, I was a little bit out of control. My, You know, my brain was a little all over the place. So I think, you know, when we started to design that character, you know, Doug was like, oh, we should just make it you. We should make it Rob Weiss. You haven't, you know, directed a movie in a decade, and you're coming to Vince to be in, like, this indie you want to make. And they wanted me to play the part. And I was like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know. This is season one, and, you know, I've been so reluctant to, like, do the show and to, like, do TV at that time in my life. And I was like, I, I didn't really even know if the show was going to be good. So in part, I was like, well, I'm not an actor, so I didn't want to do it. And the other part is, like, I think it's already going to be embarrassing enough I'm writing. <laughs> I want to be in Wait, it. Rob, which is crazy. Actor. It's crazy because, you know, I mean, the show went on to be, you know, what it became. But it's, I think for me, it's always hard to kind of gauge what it is, especially at that time. I mean, now we're talking that's like that's 10 years ago. So 
I have a much different perspective on, you know, the process, but at that time it was really hard for me to gauge what it was. But Rob is an actor. Rob did Amongst Friends. Rob was in Amongst Friends as an actor. Yeah, right? that's true. Rob sure. was in another Hollywood movie, uh, Johnny uh, Hollywood Jimmy, movie. Jimmy, Jimmy Hollywood. Yeah. Rob was in a few movies. Rob acted in a few movies. Yeah, but I was never, an, I never had a headshot. I never went on an audition. But you I played never... Rob Weiss in Jimmy Hollywood. That's yeah, I played, I played <laughs> myself in that Gary Levinson movie. He's such a real character that people want him to play himself in real movies. If you know Rob... You know why they wanted to play. Yeah, but the only reason I did that is, you know, again, I had another dental experience, man. I had dry socket. I was on, like, I think I was on, like, Vicodin. I was in a coma. I had dry socket. When I did Jimmy Hollywood, I was, like, splayed out on my couch, and you called that Lou DeJama wanted to see oh, me. Yeah. So I went over there, and, uh,. And I, I, I was so stoned, man. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And the next thing I know, I was on set the next day. He's like doing a scene with like Joe Pesci. With Joe Pesci? Yeah, it was Pesci. And, and Pesci Chris played. is played and Rob, Rob's in the scene with these two dudes. <laughs> what a story. Great thing yeah, about Entourage, too, man. You, you watch it over and over again and pick up new things all the time. And such a, a real look at the, the inside of Hollywood, man. I've, I've been out here many years and struggling on the independent side, too, with that character based off of Rob, the director. So much... Uh, Realism to it, you know. Well, if you just join us, we have a uh, creator, uh, a writer, director, producer Rob Weiss, along with actor Louis Lombardi and film director Jeff Santo here on Kiss My Ash Radio. I tell you what, one of my two favorite characters on the show. I mean, that just you know, I think reach inside me the most is Ari and Johnny Drama. I mean, yeah, did, I mean those guys. I mean, they crushed it, man. You yeah. Know, they, did you, you even did you I even mean, imagine that Kevin Dillon was going to nail guys, that? That part, I mean, he was amazing. It was my favorite, probably, role I've ever seen him in. Right. For which guy, Pippen or uh, for uh, Dylan? No, uh, Matt, uh, Kevin Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were great, man. You know, but, you know, they're, they're written that way. So it's like, you know, and I think in fairness to all the guys, all the guys were tremendous on that show, but those guys are just getting the lines, man. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody got good lines, but, you know, Kevin Connolly's forced to play the straight man a lot, yeah. you know. Adrian's forced to play the movie star. You know, Jerry, I mean, Jerry's fan base off of that show, Turtle. I mean, he hit the core of, like, urban, hip-hop, yeah. athletes. Everybody loved Turtle, you know? But, uh, but I mean, Kevin Dillon's hysterical, is, man. Is, I mean, he's is, just is, the easiest guy to write for, you know? He's got a great personality. So, you know, I, was, I played Turtle's cousin on the show. I remember. Uh, yeah, and, and I got I sold the Sandy Koufax jersey and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and let me tell you, I did two, I don't know, three episodes, I think. And I can't even go down the street. People still go, till today, yesterday, at the state, yo, you're Turtles' uncle, cousin, no, <laughs> cousin Ronnie. And I'm like, the episodes of this show, you know? Oh. It's, 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 you know, HBO, like HBO shows have that effect on people, I think particularly Entourage, even a little bit of How to Make in America had that. But people who are on there, even in smaller roles, Tiny roles. people go nuts for them. I, mean, yeah. I was on The Sopranos at 24 for a long time. I get as much hype from the three episodes I did of Entourage playing that stupid little cousin that I do most. <laughs> 24. It's amazing, you know? It's like people still shout out, Sandy Koufax! Hey, what about the bar? Like, these people are just diehard, crazy. I, I, thought, I, I thought Soprano fans were nuts. Entourage fans are such a cult, clicky yeah. kind of group that it's kind of fun. You know, it's not yeah. like an intense Soprano kind of fan or a real intense kind of 24 fan. These people are like young, old, cool, fun. When you meet the Entourage fans, I love them. I love them. I start talking with them. And like I said, I was on three episodes. and it's, it's Well, that's how I, I kind of knew. That's when I knew we had something pretty cool, man. Yeah. We were season two, I think. We were in uh, was it season two or three, but I can't remember. Whenever we shot the Vegas episode, we were shooting at the That's Hard my Rock, favorite one. We were all heading out to the pool, and the actors were coming out one by one to shoot a scene. 
and there were just a thousand people like in the pool, and they'd be like, ee, ee. And then, like, you know, Jerry come out, they'd be like, turtle, turtle. Like, guys were going crazy. Oh, it's an insanely though. cold show. I got to say, it's, yeah. it's, one, it's one of the shows that, uh, for the little, the little part I had, it's such a huge, like, remembrance of such a tiny little character like myself. I could never imagine being like Turtle. It's almost like being Tony Soprano. Really is. Yeah. Like, those characters have that iconic feel it of, did. like, the Soprano, of the Michael Imperioli, of Soprano. Well, they were, strong, Every, they were just strong archetypes, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, all, all Great show, fun so. writing, cool, cool visuals. It's Great like, chicks, you know. Great chicks, yeah. <laughs> well, then, a lot of wish fulfillment, yeah. you know. Yeah. My guys didn't have any hot chicks, and I had a bunch of dudes in them. So, <laughs> uh, crossed over so many demographics. Yeah, I mean, just sports yeah, yeah. world really crossed. Yo, I, remember, yeah. I remember being up at Wild Card, man, and meeting Mario Lopez, the guy who hosts Access Hollywood. And he was like, yo, man, my grandmother loves that show. Yeah, he said, <laughs> my grandmother loves it. So, Last time I saw Mario Lopez, I think he was doing Nip Tuck. Oh, is he on that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, big so. correspondent. Yeah, yeah. Know? I think in the last season. Not he was... the, uh, Access Hollywood, right? Access Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, Access Hollywood. Yeah. He's going with the dimples. <laughs> Lady M, <laughs> Lady M <laughs> came to life. <laughs> well, if you just join us, we have a uh, creator, uh, a writer, director, producer Rob Weiss, along with actor Louis Lombardi and film director Jeff Santo here on Kiss My Ash Radio. So listen, wait, that, the Vegas episode, that's the one where drama believes that like he's having this relationship with this masseuse. And the yeah, masseuse, with Ken. Yeah, oh, that's, that's that my awesome, favorite yeah, episode yeah, of all time when Chain Ling when Chain Ling's oh. low low plays and he's rushing down the hallway all furious and finally whacks Seth Green. That was my favorite episode of all time. I love that episode. A couple funny things, man. When he's like, you know, when he's heading down the hall after the thing where he's like, "What I need," and he goes out and he drops the lotion. <laughs> you know, he's carrying the lotion. And if you watch yeah, it, he throws he just it. Let's go of it. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, "Yo, Doug, we should have him let go of it." Like Michael Corleone does the gun. <laughs> <laughs> was a great one too. Wow. And I was like, you know what, man? It was probably the greatest decision 
with the greatest group of guys I could have ever worked with, you know. And it took my life in the direction that, I mean, in the direction I'm incredibly grateful for. But Well, that's where Rob started in 1993. That's how me and Rob know each other. We met, like, in 1990, maybe? 91 91. Anyway, he did this independent movie. And in 1993, for some reason, he, I, he talked me into driving from the Bronx to Sundance. And I drove the, from the you Bronx. You drive from the latest on that? You went from the Bronx? Yeah. I drove from the Bronx wow. to LA. And and Terry, with Terry Winters? Well, not Terry Winters. No, the other guy. Terry, Terry, Terrence Paul, Frank, Terry, Amira Savino. All four of you in a car? That yeah. fucking long? Yeah. So anyway, so... <laughs> thing I've ever so anyway, so, so, this, so Rob, I don't know why... You guys didn't eat each Rob, other. Rob's definitely... <laughs> Rob's definitely... <laughs> so that was our first experience at Sundance. In 1993, we all just drove out. Rob was like, you got to come to Sundance. I was like, what is it? I had no idea what, what Sundance was. I was a kid in the Bronx. What's Sundance? Yeah, what well, we were like, we were probably one of the last years before it really started to get commercialized. Yeah, before it became a I don't, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, by the way, I don't knock it. You know, I went back there during the writer's strike and helped kind of co-host this little snowboard thing or helped these publishers put it together. And, you know, I have a lot of friends in the marketing business and publicity and products. So, you know, I mean, it's a fun time, but it, it became a much bigger party and a lot less of a kind of fun I've, been, I've been there for the last since among friends i've been there every year for the last 21 years wow. i go every year i love it i love it it's just one of my highlights of my it. life just to just to go and you get a nice you gotta take me there next time <laughs> uh jeff you're the one left out you don't get to go i no, they rejected all my films i actually met jeff when he did his no, movie no what movie did you do that i meet you with in jake's corner i met i met jeff like how many years ago? Six years ago. Yeah, 2008. We both had independent movies. I wrote and directed a movie. He wrote and directed a movie. And we were both at the Phoenix Film Festival. It was the Phoenix, Phoenix Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, that's where me and Jeff met like six, seven years ago, actually, at a film festival. We both had films there. So that's how we know each other. And it's kind of like a small world. You know, I did this little piece of shit movie with Rob. And then I met Jeff. And then I met Jeff. Well, if you just joined us, we have a uh, creator, uh, a writer, director, producer, Rob Weiss, along with actor Louis Lombardi and film director Jeff Santo here on Kiss My Ash Radio. All right, fellas, this is, before we wrap it up, I want to give Rob a chance just to let uh, our listeners know, you got two good projects up ahead. Yeah, you, you got a TV show coming out, Ballers, featuring The Rock, and right. also you work with Fox on a movie called Hell's Angels. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, which one? Start with either one. You can start with uh, Ballers and then hit a little bit on Hell's Angels. You guys, Bowles will shoot in Miami around November. I'm not sure when it's you know scheduled you know to air on HBO, but probably I would assume springtime, summer. And, and like you said, the rock starring in that. It's a great cast, man. It's about a uh, retired football player being the rock, and he's trying to reinvent himself and you know make a, a comeback in life and trying to figure out what he's going to do with life after football. And he becomes a money manager for all these players, but kind of oh. finds himself saddled with more, managing more than just their money. So, you know, while he's also trying to figure out who he is right now in this uh, second chapter. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a great show, you know. And uh, I'm doing that with Steve Levinson and Mark Wahlberg and Evan Riley, who did, uh, what's the fire show with Dennis Leary? Rescue Me, he's running the show. And, you know, we had, uh, we had some really great NFL dudes on staff with us helping. Terrell Suggs, you know, Sizzle uh, was helping us. And Rashard Mendenhall from the uh, Steelers was on uh-huh. staff with us. So, yeah, I, I you know. If you're a football fan, you're going to love that. And I think even if you're not a football fan and you just, you know, into that culture, you're really going to dig that show, especially with everything that's going on in the NFL right now. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Hell's Angels is, I mean, man, I mean, what am I going to say about that? You know, it's, it's a space that I've wanted to work in, in that, uh, that bike culture and do a project set against that. 
for probably 20 years. And I actually wanted to do, you know, Sons of Anarchy. Before Sons of Anarchy, I wanted to do that for HBO. And they've been developing, uh, you know, a biker project with Michael Tolkien, who wrote The Player. And he had actually done an earlier draft of this Hell's Angel thing. And it didn't go forward, so then they were reluctant to try to do another one. And then Sons of Anarchy came out of nowhere, and, you know, that show went, so it was kind of like a dead conversation right. at HBO. And then, oddly, a couple months ago, I went into my agency, WME, and, you know, it had been a conversation that it was time for me to go make a movie. You know, I'd just done 10 years of TV shows. And I was like, well, I'd like to explore something in, this, in the biker culture. So they sent me a bunch of different scripts and projects set up around town, and I was looking at them, and I wasn't really gelling with any of them. And then out of nowhere, I got a call from my friend Pete Antico, who, you know, knew Sonny Barger, and it just been it uh, uh, excuse me, there's a plane going by. I can hear it. We've been doing this movie. We've been tapped. So honestly, he's probably not kidding. But um, so Pete had just seen Sonny up at uh, Cisco Valderrama's funeral. And, you know, they were talking about the movie, and, you know, this, the movie had a long history, man. It had been being developed by Tony Scott for, for a decade, and they'd gone through five different writers, and they'd spent a lot of money on it, and it was at Fox 2000. And, you know, to my knowledge, Fox had always, you know, been motivated to make it, but Tony passed away. Um, and, you know, they were looking for a director, and they'd spent a couple of years trying to figure that out. And Pete mentioned me to Sonny, and the next thing I know, I was talking with Sonny. And, you know, I said, you know, I explained how passionate I was about it, and, Excited I would be to do it, and it worked out. And, and Sonny had said, you know, he had made Dead in Five Heartbeats, an indie film with Jeff Santo. So Jeff and Sonny knew each other, and Sonny asked if I'd be open to working with Jeff. And, you know, at that time I was like, I wanted to do it so bad, I didn't really know Jeff's work, and I didn't really care if Jeff was even capable. I was like, sure, I'll do it if I got to do the whole thing myself. And unfortunately I met Jeff, and Jeff turned out to be fucking awesome, man. Excuse my language. So, you know, I have a great partner in Jeff in it, and he's actually been in town from Arizona for the last month writing the script with me. So, you know, hopefully we'll have a script in the next couple months that we're excited about and, you know, and try to get it going in uh, 15. Well, Rob, I'm, I'm looking very forward to, to both of it. And, guys, listen, uh, Rob, Louie, Jeff, thanks a lot, fellas. This has been a hell of a ride. We appreciate you coming on KMA Radio. And uh, if I don't run into you guys uh, sooner, we'll see you in New Orleans. Uh, absolutely, man. Thanks for having us, bro. really appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, fellas. Appreciate it. And there was our interview with Rob Rice and his crew. We hope you enjoyed it. Up ahead, we have Glenn Loop giving us the FDA update, recluse trivia, and, of course, our favorite, Insane Asylum. Don't go anywhere. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. Here's a troubling fact. Your freedom to enjoy a fine cigar is under siege by some form of smoking ban in every state in the Union. And federal S-chip legislation has increased taxes on cigars by over 52%. CRA, Cigar Rights of America, is your voice across all levels of government, federal, state, and local in this great nation. Let your voice be heard. Join CRA for $35 a year. That's less than $3 a month. And as a special bonus, CRA will send you two limited edition cigars as a way to say thank you for joining. Visit CigarRights.org for more information and to become a member. Buying a home is the biggest investment you face. 
Choosing the right company to help makes all the difference. Property Transfer Services is a fully licensed professional title company that has been serving Florida, New Jersey, and the entire East Coast for over 22 years. Our team of experienced licensed title officers are here to work with the seller, buyer, realtor, builder, and bank to make sure that every transaction is a success. For more information on how Property Transfer Services can help you, call Michael Raff at 561-691-5941. Again, that's 561-691-5941. Property Transfer Services is the official sponsor of The Great Smoke. The sword, a symbol of strength, honor, and prestige. The sword, the symbol of Monte Cristo. Introducing the new Espada by Monte Cristo, inspired by the superior craftsmanship of legendary sword makers, celebrating a unique collaboration between premium cigar authorities, blended by the Monte Cristo's talented Grupo de Maestros, crafted by the renowned Placencia family with vintage aged tobaccos, the first Monte Cristo made with 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. Rich, majestic, complex. The Espada by Monte Cristo, a cigar of pure taste and true elegance. Try an Espada by Monte Cristo at your local tobacconist today. And visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Cigar Life. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. This is Ariel from La Serena Cigars, and Adam, you can kiss my ash. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available, continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Melanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke, which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob magazine. Melanio and the other great Oliva cigars can be found at all smoke-in locations, so always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Zycar, the world leader in cigar accessories, has done it again. One of their best lighters is now even better. The popular Enigma Double Jet Flame Lighter is now the new Enigma 2. Complete with a new clean design, this lighter was re-engineered for dependability and performance. It feels more ergonomic in your hand, and new internal components give it the horsepower you need. Like everything Zycar, this comes with the incredible lifetime warranty. Stop by smoking today and become part of the Zycar Nation. Zycar for life. With the launch of the Siri D, Eddie Ortega has returned to the classic roots of cigar making. Crafted in Nicaragua, the Ortega Siri D is now available in six classic sizes, from the 4.5 by 48 number 6 to the newly released 6 by 60. Available in both a Mexican Maduro and a Habano Rosado wrapper, Ortega cigars will delight and enthrall even the most demanding of cigar smokers. Stop by any smoking location and try an Ortega Siri D today. Ortega cigars, classic cigar sizes for classic smokers. Old and new. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back. Honest Dave here. My name is Kay and the lovely lady I'm broadcasting from the main cigar bar at the world-famous Casa Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge. Once again, a big thanks to Rob Weiss and his gang, uh, Louis Lombardi and uh, Jeff Santo for uh, a very interesting 
and uh, exciting interview. Looking forward to that movie, uh, Hell's Angels. Yeah. Should be interesting, you know, especially off this, you know, big Sons of America thing, final season and stuff. Mm-hmm. So should be cool. And Ballers is coming out, I think, next year, too. That is correct. Yeah, so it'll be very cool. Good stuff. A lot of good stuff out there. All right, time to win some cigars from the five folks at Recluse. It's your chance to win a five-pack if you know the trivia question from Recluse Cigars. What? You think this is a game? No, I think Jenga's a game. Trivia fiends and pop culture junkies unite. It's Recluse Recluse Trivia. Lovely Lady M, what's the... uh, Super difficult, unbelievable, oh, impossible, bad. hard question that the recluse people have come up for our listeners today. It's not the recluse people, it's John. Oh, is it really? Yeah, uh, don't bust in the recluse people. Let's not badmouth the sponsors. We're not, it's John. No, we'll just badmouth the whole ethnic race, but go ahead. Uh, recluse trivia for a five-pack of recluse I might have deserved that. Recluse <laughs> OTG is offered in three sizes that have never been manufactured before. These are known as what? Just to clarify. Yeah because our producer wrote the question wrong. Um, it's actually... Why did you let me read it, then, if you knew that the question was wrong? <laughs> well, because we all talked about it, but while you were paying attention, I guess you didn't hear me. Oh, okay. You were sitting right there. So when you asked me if sitting, I had the trivia sitting, question, you knew right what, that I was going to read no, the wrong one. No, because I assumed because you're sitting oh, no, right here you that you were involved Never in the assumed. show. Never assumed. Yeah, I know, you're right. We don't assume. Because sitting five feet, nine, no, sorry, what is it, 24 inches? That I assumed that you were involved in the conversation, but I forget you're actually not here during the show, so you didn't listen and hear it. But it's actually OTG is offered in a size that's never in a shape that's shape. never been yes. um, manufactured before, which is offered in three different sizes of that shape. Mm-hmm. So if you know the answer, please give us a call at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and we will get you a five pack of Recluse cigars. Okay, folks, it's FDA time. Let's see what's going on, and hopefully uh, our good friend Glenn Loop, Executive Director of the CRA, is on the line. Glenn? Hey, how are you, buddy? Welcome, my friend. You're on Kiss My Ash Radio. Always a pleasure having you here. Great to be back. So, Glenn, uh, what's going on? Give us a little update. Uh, how, uh, how, how's, the battle, how's the fight going? <laughs> well, uh, every day is still an adventure. Um, with regard to the FDA, um, I'm not sure if you heard about it, but there's this thing called Ebola going around. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing to me, and it should be amazing to everybody, that in the midst of this truly international crisis, that the FDA and the Centers for Disease Control actually have people still working on anything to do with the regulation of cigars or continued regulation of tobacco in light of what this country and this planet is facing right now. So I found it very intriguing this week that they, uh, the FDA announced that they were continuing, this is, a, this is a verbatim quote, they were continuing to process tobacco marketing applications. Hmm. So the fact that there's absolutely anybody that works for the federal government in either one of those agencies working on uh, marketing and advertising for uh, cigars or any other tobacco product that's perfectly legal in this country, instead of working on Ebola, should be pretty frightening. Well, I mean, there's one thing we've learned, and I'm sure you've experienced more than anybody, is how unorthodox and irrational the government could be. It. Well, we call it a clear case of misplaced priorities. So to go back to your original question, I mean, the, uh, over 82,000 public comments were submitted to the FDA by law. They have to acknowledge and, quote-unquote, consider each one of those. 
as to that level of consideration is subject to debate. But uh, there's obviously going to be at least several hundred of those 82,000 that are incredibly significant that have been submitted by trade associations, whether you're in premium cigars, mass market cigars, e-cigarette industry, or pipe tobacco, all of which were a party to this deeming regulation that came out on April 25th. So it's going to take some time to go through those 82,000 and especially going to take time to go through the ones of incredible significance like that from the IPCPR, the CRA, the CAA. Uh, just to paint the picture, uh, the, uh, the Philip Morris uh, submission was over 500 pages long. Wow. So it's going to take some time to process that. Ours was 124 pages long. And, you know, a lot of these pose questions back to the agency that by statute they have to respond to it. So... Uh, on things like, um, you know, long sellers and characterizing flavors and other things that were very, very nebulous in the, uh, in the deeming regulation, they're going to have to come up with some answers on their own. So while they're doing that, we're going to turn our political attention to the Secretary of Health and Human Services to get our message across, the White House Office of Management and Budget, and, of course, Congress. You know, Glenn, one of the most confusing things, especially even for myself, more or less our listeners, in this kind of process is you never know where you're at in the process. When's the next step or what's going on? I mean, is there anything definitive as to, you know, when something may actually come down or when some decisions will start being made? How long is this vetting process and decision, you know, where they're trying to analyze and interpret all these different, you know? Well, I wish I had a a definitive answer for you, but there isn't one. Um, I can give you a couple of pieces of, of anecdotal information that are perfectly true, but uh, still a moving target. So I'll, I'll give you that as a caveat. One is the agency themselves said that they plan to have a final rule stage by next June. Uh, they have missed every deadline they've ever set for themselves, but they put in writing in the Federal Register next June. We also know that there's a great deal of political pressure from at least five members of the United States Senate and outgoing Congressman Henry Waxman to get a rule out by next April. They've put that in writing to the FDA that they want them to come out by next April. Nobody truly believes that they can do that. Uh, There's just simply too much information to dissect that was submitted and to really go into this with any form of intelligence at all. So, you know... If you were doing an educated guess, you could say six to nine months for a final rule stage, but even that could be very, very optimistic. And it's also painfully obvious that some of this could end up in court. And so there could be some type of stalling efforts that if they come out with a final rule that is, shall we say, disastrous for the premium cigar industry, uh, nobody should be afraid to go to court with the FDA because they haven't won yet. You know... Am I correct in my assumption that tobacco is not classified as a drug? Well, they got regulatory authority because of the debate about nicotine being the drug. Is that how and by ruling it? that nicotine is the drug, it's the power to regulate all tobacco products. I'm reading this most fascinating book that I, I recommend it to all of you. Well, anybody that's a policy wonk, <laughs> but I highly recommend a book that I'm reading right now by David Kessler, who was FDA commissioner under uh, Bush 1 and Clinton. And it's all about revolving around 1994 and the original effort to regulate tobacco, and it reads like a spy novel. But all of this revolves around the question you posed, and it's the obsession to regulate nicotine. 
And cigars are, if you read the deeming regulation they put out on cigars, they really, truly try to go to great pains to make sure that there's no perceivable difference between a cigar and a pack of cigarettes. And you and I and everybody knows that that's clearly not the case. Uh, we don't have the addiction issues and we don't have the use access issues that they claim to have uh, for other tobacco products. And trying to paint us into that box is clearly a part of the image that the FDA is trying to paint. And well, it, it is clearly their obsession with nicotine that they wrap their arms around regulating us. Well, Glenn, you know, we've asked our listeners to go to the site and, you know, uh, sign on the petition. We've asked and we had them fill out forms that we faxed over to you guys. Is there anything now that people should be doing if they haven't done it Absolutely. already? Absolutely. i tell you what, the key is paying attention to these elections. In 23 days, uh, this country faces yet another election. And within the next seven days of that 23, we're going to be issuing, uh, uh, shall we say, a report card on who are our friends in the Congress that have stood behind us on legislation to exempt premium cigars. So pay attention to that. Uh, pay attention to how your members of Congress feel about regulating premium handmade cigars. If you've got a local cigar shop in your district especially, make sure you know that you're a member of Congress. So have them, you know, your listeners ought to be calling their members of Congress saying, sure. where do you stand on H.R. 792 or S-772? And that's going to dictate how I vote on November the 4th. Uh, the control of the Congress on the, I tell you, it's going to be a long 24 hours, but control of Congress on that is going to dictate our total industry strategy for 2015, 24 hours of November 4th, is going to dictate everything that happens politically after that. So fill up those petitions to Congress that are uh, available. Our form letters available. We take care of everything. Just put in your zip code, and your member will come up on cigarrights.org. And also ask your member Congress how they feel about S-chip taxes on cigars, because that's up for renewal 2015, and will be within the domain of the new the new Congress. So that and the fact that the state legislative season kicks in in January, it's, it's like the, uh, the, the great storm is upon us. Um, Glenn, uh, sorry, I got sidetracked here. Oh, yeah. But um, no, no, well, I, I just want to make the point that this, what really Glenn has been saying is something that somebody told me a long time ago about government, is the entire attitude you need is hurry up and wait. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> is, what, that is what they do. Yeah. For sure. Um, anyone who wants more information, please take a moment to visit www.cigarrights.org. If you're not a member of the Cigar Rights of America, I'm telling you, sign up today. It's your rights. And, Glenn, when you get that list in, in the next seven days, will you please forward it to us so we can put it on our websites and let all our listeners and friends and Absolutely. followers we know want what's everybody going on. To know who the friends of the, uh, We want everybody to know who the friends of the calls are. Please, yeah, just make sure you forward that information to us. Once again, thanks a lot, Glenn, for taking the time and up, giving us an update, and we'll touch regu regularly with you. Uh, keep thanks. up and see how things are going. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Man, constant battle, that poor guy. Can you imagine your job every day is to fight? I can't. I couldn't Every imagine. day. That's what you do every day is fight. Mm. And, the, and and you're fighting, fighting, fighting. You're putting so much effort into this, and you're you're moving. It's like three steps yeah. forward, two steps back. It's just it's like, like banging your head against a uh, brick wall all day long. That's what it's got to feel like, poor guy. Tell you, heck of a job, Glenn. Thank you. We appreciate all your efforts. Good man. Um, do we have any callers? No, we got Recluse Trivia? Recluse Trivia. Come on, folks. It was easy. Recluse makes one size, one shape that's never been made before. 
Look it up. you got four more minutes to give us a call. In the meantime, we're going to check in and see who belongs in a Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. Okay. This week's candidate that belongs in a cigar singing sign is a man who screamed, I have Ebola. Yes. You are all messed up. Yeah. Can I see screwed on the air? It, with the term yes. It, okay. In this... So yeah, he, he, shot, he screamed out loud, I have Ebola, you're all screwed, on a flight, <laughs> on an air flight, and was confronted by men wearing hazardous waste units and oxygen masks when the plane finally landed. The American who had coughed and sneezed his way through a four-hour flight between Philadelphia and the Dominican Republic panicked 200 passengers with his claim to have the deadly disease. Why? What's well, the because it's the stupid people that scream bomb on a plane. You know, why? that makes no, no fire in a crowded theater. No oh, yeah. But what sense. US Air but what US Airways flight staff believe was a sick joke quickly turned into something far from funny as four officers kited out in the quarantine outfits boarded the plane at Punta Cana Airport. The stewardesses heard to say to people aboard the flight, I need your attention. This is going to look worse than it is. <laughs> I watched the video. People, I, it's on YouTube oh. and on the news. Were they freaking out? There was like six guys in these massive bubble suits, oh, like space suits. Like, oh, it's like it's like the, it's like the scene in ET where the guy starts walking down the street. Oh yeah, like six of them on the plane. Seconds later, men in overalls board the Boeing 777 as passengers passengers sitting near the man start to cover their faces. The stewardess goes on to say that after 30 years in the business, she is sure. This man is an idiot. That's what she says. <laughs> we got to give the stewardess an award. Yeah. The unnamed 54-year-old passenger was escorted from the aircraft and was heard to protest, I ain't from I ain't from Africa. He said that as he was getting off the plane. He's yes. like, I ain't from Africa. And Then why yell? So why, I, why I, I, I assume he ended up not having Ebola. Uh, no, they tested and they said that he's... He was just had a cold or something, but just a moron. And then they, they they had to quarantine that plane to make everybody sit on that plane for three hours. Wow. How would that how would that make you feel? You just arrived to Dominican Republic for vacation. I I probably kill the guy. Yeah, pretty much. You, my friend, definitely belong in a cigar insane asylum. Brought to you courtesy of CLE and Asylum Cigars. Yes. Next week, our good friend Nick Malillo. Ah, oh, Nick Malillo's going to be on. Yes, former Tabacero for Drew Estate. Helped blend some of the greatest cigars. We're going to see what Nick is up to these days and how he's keeping himself busy. Oh. Should be interesting. Is he coming into the studio or calling in? Is he? He's Come coming in. in. Oh, oh, he'll be here even personally. Very good. It'll be good to see Nick. So uh, stay tuned next week. We hope you all have a great weekend. Go drink some Oktoberfest beer. Have fun. And my traditional closing life is short. Savor the moments that count because if anyone doesn't like it, what do you tell them, lady? Huh? Kiss your ash. Be merciless, spare no cigars, smoke them all like God, sort them out.